Detox is a really trendy thing to do. There are detox diets, detox kits, all over the internet are detox offers and places and things that you can do. But I'm not sure that a lot of people who are doing this detoxing really know what the safety is and whether or not what they're doing is effective. It's an important thing. We live in a very toxic world and you need to detox, but you need to understand it and you need to do it safely. I'm going to talk to one of the top experts in integrative medicine who uses detox regularly with his patients to cure chronic conditions, make them feel great, increase their energy. Stick around and listen. I'm Sarah Heiner, and this is the Bottom Line Advocator Podcast. And afterward, do me a favor, rate and review us so that more people will know about it. And then at the end of the, po- of the podcast, I got a special offer for you. So listen to that too. Thanks so much. I'm Sarah Heiner, president of Bottom Line Inc., the number one provider of expert sourced, expert vetted, expert advice that empowers your life. I'm thrilled to be talking today to leading naturopathic doctor, Mark Stangler. He's one of the most respected integrative doctors in America, including being voted the 2019 Doctor of the Year by the prestigious International Association of Top Professionals. Dr. Stangler's California practice specializes in treating complex medical conditions that are not easily diagnosed or treated with common Western principles or symptom suppressing medications. Dr. Stangler has authored or co-authored 30 books, including several bestsellers, Natural Physicians Healing Therapies, Prescription for Natural Cures, Prescription for Drug Alternatives, and all of those are available actually at the Bottom Line Wellness Store. You can learn more about Dr. Stangler and his work at markstangler.com. Mark, it's so great to talk to you as always. Hi, Sarah. Great to be with you. So you and I, we, were, we want to do a podcast together. This is probably the first of what will become many podcasts because there's so many different areas in your practice. But the thing that you and I talked about wanting to look at today was the, the concept of detox because it's a very trendy thing. And it's not necessarily something to be taken lightly or to be kind of do-it-yourself medicine. I mean, so we're really kind of said, well, this is, a, this is something people should be aware of, of what it is and how they can use that in a safe way and some of your best detox methodologies. All right, so that's the topic of the day. Good? Absolutely. That's a great topic. I mean, a lot of patients are always asking about that topic. And like you said, it's in the news and health magazines quite a bit. So... People are interested in it, but they don't necessarily know what's all involved with it. Well, and I think they don't know, you know, there's a headline that says, you know, anti-aging and cleanse yourself and colonics and all these sorts of things. And the headlines sound great, but I don't even think people necessarily know what they're even talking about or what it means. So let's start with, like, could you give your definition of detox? Like, what does it really mean? Like, what do people know? that Like, what are they detoxing and why do they want to do it? Sure. Well, I think the definition basically to me means the process by which toxins are changed into less toxic or more readily excretable substances, or just basically the removal of toxins. That's really the overall arching definition of what detoxification is. And, you know, it's something our body is designed to do every second of the day, actually. So, but but meanwhile, we're living in a toxic world and our lives are toxic. So where are these toxins coming from? Right. Well, you know, most there's several different areas where we're exposed to toxins, that toxins get into our body. But really, the two main sources would be the food supply, uh, as well as, surprisingly, a lot of people, cosmetics people use. Um, the third would be um, air pollution. 
But those really are the three big ones, the foods we eat, uh, the cosmetics people apply, and then the air we breathe. And of course, when I say food, I'm also referring to, to, to the water intake as well. Yeah, and that over time, I mean, 100 years ago, did people have the same toxic issues or 200 years ago, did people have the same toxic issues or are we on a um, kind of increasing ride of detox of toxic intake? Yeah, I think there's no doubt, although of course we have much better technology in identifying toxins now, obviously compared to 100, 200 years ago, but here's the thing. I mean, we know that there's more than, you know, 80,000, at least 80,000 man-made chemicals in the environment. Uh, many of which we don't even know what they do in the body. So without a doubt with all the man-made chemicals, we have a much higher exposure nowadays. Yeah, and, the, and then on the flip side, and I love that you said this, I mean that detoxification is a natural process of our bodies. So we do it through digestive elimination, we do it through sweating, right? So that's what our bodies are meant to do. But what's the impact of a healthy body or a non-healthy body as you know, Americans or humanity, I call it, deals with more chronic health conditions, more obesity, inflammatory conditions, like, does that affect their ability to process these toxins? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's um, there's many factors involved with detoxification, but at the root level, the foods we eat, the uh, nutritional status that our body has, uh, the amount of activity we get, they all affect how the enzymes in our cells, which are involved in breaking these metabolic toxins down, are, are functioning. So. Um, many different sources of toxins. Our, our body has a sophistic, sophisticated way of dealing with toxins, but here's the key. Within parameters, I mean, our, our cells can only detoxify within certain parameters. If we get an overburden of toxins, in medicine we call it an allostatic load, which basically means depending on your genetics and your health, you can tolerate a certain amount of toxic burden usually, unless it's something really severe. Obviously, if someone has you know high amounts of arsenic or something very poisonous, I mean, it's you know, there's problems right away, but our body can handle a certain load, but if, if the amount of a certain toxin or the combination of many different toxins gets to a certain level that we can't handle nutritionally, genetically, uh, definitely either disease will occur or for people that have chronic diseases, the inability to detoxify properly really makes those conditions worse or predisposes one to being more susceptible to diseases to begin with. So it's this weird cycle, right? So that we get these toxins in, it creates conditions or diseases, and then our bodies can't function as well, and then we can't detox as well. So we're caught on this treadmill from, you know, from hell, I'll call it. Yeah, I mean, that's right. You know, when I was in medical school 30 years ago, I mean, we were taught there was about 5,000 enzyme reactions that occur every second. Well, modern biology tells us now it's in the millions. Within our body, it went. Cold. It went from five thousand enzyme reactions to millions within our own body every second. Yeah, they found out. So yeah, thirty years ago we were told we had about five thousand enzyme reactions that occur per second. Now we know it's in the millions per second in our cells. So they just learn and more. So, so it's just you know with technology we found out. So it's amazing to know that all these enzyme reactions are occurring in our cells. Like I said, part of their function is to help detoxify our cells every second of the day. So you start putting in a toxic load into our cells and you're disrupting those enzymes which are designed to help detox. Yeah, then all sorts of problems uh, start happening. You get a breakdown of energy production. You get a breakdown of, of, of how your nervous system functions, your brain, um, all these types of things. So it really goes down to 
you know, the function within inside the cell. So we either can, you know, do things which support our cell function so we can detoxify more efficiently, or if we don't do things that help that, then we're going to get a breakdown in detoxification, which will lead down to a breakdown in all the organs of the body. Because obviously, cells make up our organs. So, again, we're talking about a lot of the cell detoxification, but what are the, the systems? Um, you know, so that is it digestive? Is it the liver? I know the liver is the biggest filter, you know, that filters right, everything right. in our body. So, yeah, you know, I want people to get a picture category. in their head of what, I want people to get kind of a picture in their head. I have this image in my head I developed years ago of just when you eat poorly or when your body's not functioning right, like it's almost like you get the sludge. Imagine, a, you know, an engine that's got sludge all over it so it just can't right. work cleanly. Um, so what kind of picture can we paint in terms of what bodies are looking like in terms sure. of filtering, you know? Yeah, well, I'll tell you maybe through a few different kind of pictures, if you will. I mean, first of all, when we consume foods or we consume foods that have toxins in them, like the pesticides or heavy metals and things like that, food comes into our digestive system, uh, it's broken down. Um, hopefully, you're eating enough fiber and you have regular bowel movements, so it passes out through the stool. However, if you're prone to constipation, like millions of Americans are, we now know in modern studies that some toxins actually get reabsor reabsorbed, backed up through the colon, back into the bloodstream. But when we absorb the foods or the toxins from the foods or anything that enters our body, eventually it gets into our bloodstream. And in our bloodstream, it goes to one of our major organs of detoxification, and that's the liver. And in the liver, there's some sophisticated enzyme reactions that occur to break toxins down, so to speak. And then the bile, bile is produced by our liver, and bile is released into a small intestine uh, when we eat meals. And the bile carries the toxins out, again, hopefully through the colon and out through the stool. Um, if you have poor bile flow from stress or liver disease, gallbladder disease, or lack of gallbladder, again, you're not going to eliminate those toxins properly. And as well through our, blood, our bloodstream, toxins go through our kidneys. And our kidneys um, help to excrete water-soluble toxins out through our urine. Uh, beyond that, then our largest organ of uh, detoxification is the skin. So if we're not doing things well internally, the digestive tract, the liver, the kidneys, then we have to rely on the skin and our breath. So those, those are the other organs of elimination that the body has. So we have several different mechanisms and backup systems for detoxification, and, and those are all at play every second of the day. So what about all the people that have, because I'm thinking about, you know, what are people suffering from? And as you said, a lot of people have constipation and digestive issues. On the flip side, a lot of them have acid indigestion, and they're they're on acid-suppressing medication, so their digestive tract is not necessarily working properly. Or they've got fatty liver disease, um, so their livers aren't working properly. So are those, you know, people, what are things, you know, I want people to, again, pay, what are, if they've got such and such, like I want them to know that they need to attend to detoxifying their body and, and realize what's being held in to their body. Right, yeah. So if you're the kind of person who's prone to constipation, you're prone to skin rashes without obvious reasons, uh, maybe a, a fatigue for no, unknown reasons, brain fog, those are symptoms you, you may very well have problems with detoxification. And so by getting increased purified water in your diet, eating more fruits and vegetables, getting higher fiber diet for better bowel elimination, uh, even using fiber supplements and things like that to aid in elimination, I mean, it's not uncommon people will feel better. 
Um, so what do we uh, at the end? I want to talk a little bit about what people could do on their own. Let's talk about you've got several types of detox things that I'll call it or that the heavy are these the heavy hitters, the things that you know the intense things that people need to do, or are these um, processes that I'll call it even normal people should be undergoing because we're under such a toxic threat? Oh, I think so. I mean, I think for people out there who are even consider themselves to be healthy just on all the environmental toxins we're exposed to, uh, they should be incorporating these things um, to prevent, you know, chronic disease down the road. Because a lot of these toxins definitely are related to chronic disease. Just to, you know, I'll just give you just a few examples. Um, like we know a lot of these toxins are related to asthma, breast cancer, things like mercury, for example, is related to diabetes. Lead toxicity can cause high blood pressure. Um, Obviously, everyone knows about cigarette smoke and lung cancer. Arsenic, which is even according to the EPA, too high in most of America's tap water supplies, is linked to bladder cancer and diabetes. So, yeah, people need to be doing things on a regular basis. For me, it starts with purified water, adequate uh, plant foods in their diet, which really contain the phytonutrients and the antioxidants, which help our liver, kidneys, and our cells to detoxify. I think most people in general should be getting things on a regular basis such as even green tea. We talked about the liver earlier. Green tea is very unique because it activates these, what we call these two phases of detoxification of the liver. And phase one and phase two are both very important for proper detoxification in this critical organ of detoxification. And it's probably one of the reasons why we look at these big culture studies in Japan and China and Asian countries where they drink a lot of green tea. They definitely have lower rates of cardiovascular disease, certain cancers, uh, partly because of green tea's ability to aid the body in detoxification. And then everyone should be involved in some type of regular type of exercise where they're improving circulation through the liver and kidneys, uh, promoting sweat. I mean, those are just some basics everyone should do beyond examining the environment they're in, uh, the foods they're consuming to make sure they're not being exposed unnecessarily to environmental toxins are different parts of the country aside from the flint michigan kind of stuff are different mm-hmm. parts of the country more susceptible to pockets of toxins like if you live in whatever you live in southern california if you live in southern california do you have a higher propensity of some kind of specific toxins yeah yeah i mean that you definitely find that like here and we get a lot of water from the colorado river it's high in uranium um so virtually every patient i test with a urine test, they're very high in uranium. We know that comes from the Colorado River. Maybe you're out in the East Coast where you've got coal power plants. Um, your different toxins you're going to be exposed to, including mercury, the byproducts. So, yes, there is some truth to that. Although, you know, it could be anywhere. For this example, you brought up like Flint, Michigan, and lead. If you live like in an old house, maybe you, um, you got a new sink and all that kind of stuff. But what about all the pipes underneath? I mean, we have places in San Diego where the pipe, the pipes uh, with the water supply, I mean, they're like 100 years old with a high amount of lead in them. So perhaps you're the kind of person who isn't using purified water either to drink, bathe, or shower. I mean, you could be, you know, being exposed to things like lead and copper toxicity. So um, these are things people definitely need to be aware of. So we just need to really assume, I mean, even if you're eating clean, even if you're exercising, even if you're, you know, kind of, I'll call it doing it right, that you're being inundated as hard as you try 
your water supply, the air supply, the soil, the soil where the food is grown, that there is still this influx of toxins that are surrounding us. Well, no, without a doubt. I mean, for example, they've done studies, and we know that even before babies are born, uh, if, you sample their, if you sample the blood placenta, there's over 200 chemicals present already, 200 environmental chemicals. That's frightening. These chemicals you know, are not produced by the human body. So that's, you know, right from the get-go, that's uh, frightening. The, there's a toxin issue. Wow. Um, all right, so can people, are there places you can test your, are there self-tests? You know, there's this whole land of self-tests going on. Um, are there self-tests for, for toxins, or is it best to go to um, either a, a medical doctor or a naturopathic doctor? to be screened for these, or should you just detox anyway? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone should be kind of on a, what I call like a daily detox by getting the greens in their diet, not fruits and vegetables, purified water. But certainly what I recommend, I certainly recommend uh, all my patients by age 50 be screened for certain toxins. For example, in my opinion, everyone should be screened for heavy metals. Um, you know, you and I and people older than us grew up in an era where you had lead in the paint, you had lead in the gasoline, you had lead in the pipes. I mean, people did test for these types of things, and, you know, we didn't use purified water. So it's you not know what common. I my patients, 50 to, you know, 95, I mean, they have high lead levels. You know what I used um, to do when I was little, speaking of that? I, w- I used to love the smell when the engine in the car went off. The smell of the gasoline. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I used to like the smell of gasoline. My dad was still <laughs> yeah. the car. So. God knows what I was <laughs> inhaling. I remember, I so vividly remember sitting at the back of the car. The car was off, but in like loving the smell of the fumes yeah. off of the car. Yeah, I know. It's, I know. It's funny, but it's not funny in a way, too. But, you know, the other thing we see is a lot of our patients, high mercury. Well, why is that? Well, especially here in California, people like their sushi. They're eating a lot of ahi, tuna. Uh, these large fish which are contaminated with mercury and a lot of people have a history of amalgam fillings which are 50% silver so when you're chewing gum and things like that you release mercury vapors into the body so we see with a lot of our patients high lead and high mercury levels which we know are you know damaging to the brain and the nervous system and the immune system and the kidneys and all that type of stuff so we see that quite a bit you know for my patients that like live in a rural area maybe they live on a farm or they grew up on a farm and they're exposed to pesticides, yeah, you can do a urine and blood tests now which will identify the common pesticides. And, um, you know, if the levels are high, then we want to put them on a very precise detoxification protocol to get those levels down to try and prevent problems with cancer and things like like that down the road. But for the average person, they can do some basic things. They can do like a a hair analysis, you know, they can usually get online and that can do like a screening test for heavy metals like lead, mercury, and aluminum and things like that. Um, but like I said, nowadays we do have the technology with, with holistic doctors where we can do blood and urine tests to look at all the types of chemicals. Um, even like glyphosate, for example, we can test for um, in the urine and blood. We can test for the parabens and the phthalates and all these things you get from plastics and other you know, chemical exposures. So we can test those things and see if they're elevated levels. For example, I get some women coming to me and they want me to test them for these xenoestrogens, these, these compounds in the environment you get in cosmetics, for example, or you get in plastics, which mimic estrogen in the body. They want me to test them because they're planning to become pregnant mm. and they want to have a healthier pregnancy or they want to get pregnant easier. And so we can test them for these types of chemicals. And if they're a problem, work on a detoxification program, get the levels down before they become pregnant, for example. Interesting. 
All right, so let's talk about, you've got three detox methodologies that you in particular favor. Um, so let's talk first about ozone, which, you know, everybody thinks of ozone as that negative, dangerous gas that all of our, you know, all of our pollution is increasing right. the ozone levels, right? And yet you want to use that as detoxification. Explain, please. Well, absolutely. Now, first of all, at the most basic level, a lot of people don't understand, if we didn't have an ozone layer in the atmosphere, we'd all be dead because it prevents the ultraviolet rays from being too harmful here on Earth. So it actually has, you know, a very, very important purpose. And also ozone, like when there's lightning, you know, with a, it's raining or a storm, lightning activates, by hitting oxygen, it creates ozone. Ozone actually is nature's great detoxifier. So what uh, is ozone? It's a detoxification effect. Is ozone a thing unto itself? Uh, well, ozone, what ozone really is, it's just three oxygen atoms. So, so oxygen is two and ozone is three. It's, it's the formation of three oxygen atoms joined together. But then it can break down into oxygen. So when we use ozone medically, it's basically three oxygen atoms. But when it enters the body, it then dissociates into oxygen. Oh, so it's let's go. Our body lights. Going back to my high school chemistry, o o oxygen O2 is stable, so it has a third one. So they they cast that off into the body. That's right. So the ozone is is less stable. It's more of what we call it. It's, just, it's an oxidant. It's oxidative. Uh, it adds oxygen, adds a, a negative electrical charge. But basically, people need to realize if there's a way we can get, we can only breathe in so much oxygen, right? When you test somebody with an oximeter, you measure usually their oxygen if they're healthy, is usually 97 to 99%. But so we can only breathe in so much oxygen. But when you administer medically ozone to a patient, different techniques, if we can enhance the amount of oxygen, in our blood getting to our cells, that's a tremendous benefit because ozone actually, again, being what we call an oxidative treatment using oxygen, neg negatively charged particles, it actually enhances uh, the enzyme systems in our cells and activates detoxification, the detoxification pathway. So it actually enhances detoxification, amongst other things. It's, you know, the primary nutrient, if you will, that uh, stimulates our cells to produce energy, the mitochondrial those energy factories in our cells which produce energy, it stimulates energy production as well. So better energy, well, then you get better detoxification as well happening. So do, does this, when you and I talked about this, you, here's the secret. I always talk to my experts before we actually interview them. So we, so I, we get a little together on, on what we're going to talk about. Um, and when we talked about this, you said that um, you use ozone in particular for chronic fatigue. But... Um, does it is it is that the best thing for this, or will ozone fix any of these? I'll call it chronic ailments that we were talking about earlier. The what what high toxins in the body will create? Did I that was so not English? Could you, will ozone uh, fix okay. all the all the all the effects of toxins in my body, or is it especially effective for certain things? Yeah, I mean, in general, it's very good because ozone, you get stolen medically, uh, but not only aids in detoxification, not only aids in stimulating energy production. Remember, we now know that most chronic diseases, at least in part, have a problem with poor energy production in the mitochondria. But ozone is very unique. It also stimulates circulation, so it improves circulation in the blood vessels. And it also stimulates your own stem cells to be produced and released. And stem cells, of course, 
are a good thing in helping our body to heal and regenerate. And it also, the last thing, ozone also stimulates our body's own production of antioxidants. Of course, antioxidants help to neutralize toxins in the body. So it has about five different effects, very beneficial, and that's why it's becoming more popular in America, but it's really part of mainstream medicine in countries like Cuba, Russia, Germany, uh, you know, places like this. It's, it's very commonplace for, for just regular medical doctors to use. Well, you told me something interesting that, well, you told me many interesting things, but you told me that um, it has been used for many years in Russia and Cuba to treat infections and diabetic ulcers because it was more a, a affordable and effective than they didn't have access or was more accessible than because they didn't have all the medicines in those countries. That's right. For example, if you go to Cuba and you have an infection, uh, it is standard of care there for medical doctors to administer ozone to treat infections. And I didn't really get into that, but ozone is great for infections. Ozone, like I said, like a disinfectant in the environment, but in our body, ozone actually kills microbes. It kills like viruses, bacteria, fungi, things of that nature. So we also use it, for example, when I'm treating patients maybe with mono, Epstein-Barr virus, things of that nature. It's very, very effective. Uh, they've even published studies, people with hepatitis B, which is not easy to treat, at least naturally, and they've shown that the uh, viral titers or the viral load come down dramatically when people get um, ozone treatment. So yeah, these countries, it's, it's very mainstream, you know, very cost effective, and to them it's not a big deal. I mean, here in America, a lot of people are just finding out about it, but um, over there it's part of their mainstream medicine. Yeah. Now, this has kind of a unique me- um, methods of, of taking the ozone or, or the treatment is, it's not like you take a pill or breathe something in. So just, there's there are three different ways I think that you can get ozone treatment, right? IV, saunas, and rectally, is that it? Yeah, those are main ways. I mean, our patients, we mainly use the IV form using medical grade ozone. Um, where, you know, basically with that system, there's different ways to do it. We, we do the, the, you know, the safest way, and that's where we draw a certain amount of the patient's blood out, goes into a sterile IV bag, and then we have a medical ozone generator, and then we, we produce the ozone, we you know, the syringe, infuse it to the patient's blood, mix around, and, and then with an IV, put it back into the patient, and that goes through the bloodstream to all the different cells of the body. The other one we use a lot is ozone sauna. So you have a sauna, which is, you know, it goes up to the neck, and then it's enclosed, and then with uh, steam, as well as ozone combined together, your through your pores, as you sweat and your pores open up, ozone gets into the body that way. Um, if also, like in Cuba, I mean, they use a lot of rectal ozone because you don't have to do all the fancy IVs and stuff. Uh, rectal ozone, the ozone is infused obviously through the rectum and then it absorbs into the bloodstream because you have a lot of uh, vascularity in that region. Uh, it's also, you know, I use it occasionally that way with patients who have like intestinal infections. Um, and then you can also use it vaginally. Actually, it is a treatment for uh, women who have vaginal infections or bladder infections or bladder inflammation like interstitial cystitis can be used to help reduce inflammation areas. So those are, you know, the main ways that it's used. And any risks or anyone that should not get this treatment? Um, you know, like the ozone sauna is very safe, obviously, with the proper machines. The ozone, the only thing with it is not something you want to breathe in. Um, in terms of the IV, there's a blood test you need to have done first. It's called G6PD, just to make sure your body can handle is kind of what we call oxidative low. There's a very small percent of the population 
uh, where you cannot do uh, like an ozone IV-wise. But we've never had problems, and we do all sorts of different IVs and nutrients, and I'd say, you know, sauna we, or the uh, ozone we get the least problems with. Got it. So there are a bunch of these, I'll call it health spas, that are popping up. And again, we're going to talk at, right after this about infrared saunas, which are in a lot of these health spas, and that's a pretty benign thing. But something like an ozone, can I trust if there's a health spa that's offering any of this, or is this a go to your go to your trained um, medical professional for it? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think you probably will see it coming out in the spas in the future. Um, again, as long as a person is doing it relatively correctly, in other words, it's the right sauna where someone's not breathing it in. I think it's it's, it's difficult to hurt somebody with it. Right. Put it that way, the sauna itself. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. All right. Yeah, yeah, but in terms of like, you know, rectal ozone and things like that, I mean, there are some people who do that on their own. I mean, I don't recommend that for for various reasons. But um, sometimes with some patients who have chronic illnesses, um, due to costs and things like that, sometimes we'll actually uh, train, teach patients how to do, you know, some of the treatments at home, obviously not the IV form, but the other forms. So there are some cases where we actually teach patients how to do that to, help save costs and stuff so they can do it on their own. Got it. So while we're talking about that end of the body, it occurs to me, you know, one of the popular things that people do are these colonics or colon cleanses. Um, Mm -hmm. Are those safe or unsafe or safe if managed properly? Yeah, I mean, statistically, they're pretty safe. Obviously, you know, if a person is is trained uh, properly in it, um, I mean, most states have regulations as to, you know, who's able to do those kinds of things. You normally have to have some kind of licensing to be able to do it in most states, like here in California. I mean, you know, naturopathic doctors are trained in it, and there's a small percent to actually do it in practice. I I don't, you know, prescribe them that often. There are centers around here that do them. If a patient's just having a problem with an illness, if they're having detoxification problems, we just can't get proper bowel elimination. Yeah, there are times when I've recommended colonics and it's helped the patient. I don't routinely deal with patients. There are some people who, you know, basically give themselves enemas on a regular basis. I don't consider that natural for people to do that. I think it maybe could lead to, you know, gut bacteria imbalance. It could lead to making the digestive, digestive system lazier over time if you're doing it too often. So I'm usually more conservative when it comes to those types of treatments. Yeah, well, that's what I was, that's what I was expecting. I mean, I think that, again, they're, they're promoted um, by these health spas, and then people right. start think that they're safe. And that's what I wanted to hear is that, no, you really have to watch out for these, and they can have um, other issues and problems with them. All right, let's yeah, talk. Yeah, there's always, you know, there's always the off chance you could, like, perforate someone's colon. You could introduce bacteria in there, which is infectious if people aren't following proper you know, protocols and stuff. So, you know, obviously the better one has trained in the credentials, the least likely that's going to happen. All right. Watch out on the colonics. All right, let's do my new, talk about my new favorite thing in the world, infrared saunas, which are so lovely. Absolutely. So, nice thing about infrared saunas is um, it's using a type of, you know, the term infrared is basically a far infrared. You're using... Uh, certain types of infrared waves on the light spectrum to generate heat right on the skin and deeper into the skin. And so when you're doing that, you're going to increase metabolism of cells, you're going to induce sweating, which of course helps to eliminate toxins. And the nice thing about the infrared saunas nowadays, people can get very cost-effective ones they can use at home even, whereas, you know, in the past they were very, very expensive or building some of these fancier saunas. So 
Infrared saunas definitely are becoming a, a lot more um, popular, if you will. We like them. We often recommend them to patients, and people are able to do them at a center at home. Um, if you're a healthy person, look, doing one a week, I think, is a very wise thing to do just to aid in detoxification over time. But if you have an illness where you need more detoxification support, maybe you've been identified as having heavy metal problems or pesticide problems, Saunas are a great way as part of an overall program to aid in detoxification. And look, we've got some good studies on, on sauna therapy showing that they're um, excellent, in terms of, excellent in terms of promoting heart health, circulation, reducing inflammation, uh, improving insulin sensitivity or blood sugar regulation. Um, so we've got some good studies now showing you know, they do have these benefits. And the infrared sauna is, is working differently than... Um, I'll call it a steam room or that dry sauna. Like that, it's right. It's affecting your. It's right. Going yeah. Deeper the typical the saunas, the traditional saunas, like you mentioned, are basically using um, heat to warm the air, which in turn warms the body. Whereas the infrared is directly, you know, warming your body directly, not relying on the air around you, so to speak. And I'm envision my vision in my head again. Obviously, I, I keep getting these like pictures in my head. It's like it's going in and I'll call it melting away the toxins, you know, and then and that allows the body to eliminate. Is that a fair picture? Yeah, I mean, to some degree, because when you get that heat, you're you're basically going to stimulate cell metabolism because um, you're generating heat, and then it's going to activate the detox pathways, and then through the sweat, you're going to excrete the toxins out more effectively. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's a reason why in certain cultures, I mean, throughout time, you know, Finland, for example, is a great example, and Russia and all these places. You know, especially in the wintertime. I mean, sauna therapy has always been a part of their culture and it's felt by, you know, their medical people, you know, throughout centuries it was a healthy thing. And modern science is, is showing that, which isn't surprising to me. Yeah, I guess I, one of the things I really liked best about the infrared sauna versus steam or the dry sauna. Dry saunas I never like because I can't breathe. They're just so, they're right, so dry. Right, the, in, the right. Steam, no, that's true, that's true. I think it's, it's easier for people to do the infrared sauna. Yeah. They're more tolerable versus the steam and the dry. So I think that's why they become more popular. But sorry, I just wanted to say, just so people can kind of see what we're talking about here, it's very high credibility. Even Mayo Clinic published a, a recent paper, and they called it Cardiovascular and Other Health Benefits of Sauna Bathing, a review of the evidence. And what they found in here in this review, basically looking at all the studies published, is that saunas have several health benefits. Uh, they help high blood pressure, vascular diseases, cardiovascular disease, problems of the brain and nervous system, uh, lung disease, um, arthritis, arthritis um, and things of this nature. So look, even mainstream institutions like Mayo are recognizing the health benefits of sauna. And what's the, I'll call it the prescription for sauna, T- frequency per week and how long per session? Yeah, so of course it depends on the person's tolerability, but for a healthy person, I usually recommend like one a week is excellent. If you have a you know a chronic health problem, you're trying to recover from better, and your providers recommend you do these types of therapies, usually you're doing more like two to three times a week until the patient's doing better. Uh, timing, usually infrared for most people. I mean, depending on your tolerance, usually the range is like 10 to 20 minutes would be kind of a common starting time. Gotcha. When I went for it, the, I went to a... Um kind of a, a health clinic kind of place where they had it. So I, I figured I'd rent it, try, try it out before I got more committed to it. Um, they, they gave me spirulina um, mm-hmm. to, I think, to take, I guess, to, to help afterward or something. Is that helpful? Is that something that makes sense? 
I mean, possibly. I mean, spirulina is a type of algae that you know does have antioxidants in it, would have a little bit of fiber and stuff, which could help in detoxification. I mean, to me, I mean that's kind of probably more theoretical. When people are getting sauna therapy, I think what makes uh, more sense would be to have the person take a high quality uh, electrolyte drink uh, before and after and replacing those minerals. Because usually if people don't feel good after a sauna, it's usually because of dehydration and electrolyte or mineral imbalance. Yes. So I, I think you know a good electrolyte drink would be the primary thing. But yeah, I know when I've been to uh, spas like in Mexico and stuff, uh, the spirulina and chlorella and that type of stuff, is, they, they usually give you drinks of them you can have you know in their in their spas and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my favorite thing. If anybody ever, honest to God, 30 minutes and you feel great. All right, let's talk about Dr. Stangler's number three, and these were in no particular order except that how I wrote them, um, glutathione for detox. And I know you've talked about glutathione for a while. Yes, glutathione is just a tremendous nutrient, if you will. Glutathione actually is is made of three amino acids, cysteine, glycine, and glutamate. Our body does make it naturally. You do find small amounts in foods, uh, for example, like apples, avocados, bananas, oranges, strawberries, watermelon, broccoli, spinach. They do contain glutathione. Often in my field, integrative medicine, people call it the master antioxidant. I mean, it has so many important roles in the body. Uh, But at the most basic level for detoxification, it has shown to protect your cell DNA from damage. So one of the problems when people are exposed to all these different types of toxins is that they damage the DNA, the blueprint of information for our cells and body function. So when we damage cell DNA, obviously you can have problems, things like cancer, for example. You could have normal messages for proper cell division. You get more inflammation. So uh, one of the reasons glutathione is so critical is that it protects and actually has been shown to help repair cell DNA, which is you know critical. But um, glutathione helps to pull toxins out of the cell. If your detox pathways use glutathione for detoxification. For example, we know for a fact it helps to pull heavy metals out of our cells. It's also used by the two major you know, organs of detoxification. It's found in the highest concentration in our body, and this is very interesting, the highest concentration of glutathione is found in our liver and kidneys. Of course, what do people always think about for detoxification? the liver and kidneys. So it helps our liver and kidneys to break down and excrete out toxins. Uh, Beyond that, it helps our enzymes to function more properly in our cells. It helps to neutralize these harmful free radicals. And it uh, regenerates vitamin C and E, very important antioxidants involved in the detoxification pathways as well. So just all these tremendous functions of glutathione uh, we want to get in in our diet and supplement it as well. Now you said that it's especially helpful for people on um, chemo or radiation to help the repair after that and also people with, oh, poly- yes. people with polypharmacy yeah, who are taking for, a lot uh, of drugs. We always uh, use it. There's controversy when people are in chemotherapy and radiation to use quote antioxidants like glutathione. So we certainly use it when people are done their treatments of chemotherapy and radiation. They have a tremendously high metabolic burden or cellular burden of toxins you know, from these treatments as well. You remember when you're getting uh, chemotherapy and radiation, I mean, it, it does damage cell DNA, both cancer cells and good cells. So we want to help repair the cell DNA. We want to assist in liver and kidney detoxification. What people find when we do that is their fatigue improves, their chemo brain or memory problems and focus problems improve, skin rashes clear up. 
So it's just tremendous in a case like that, and it brings up another classic reason we always recommend it. Let's face it, the average American adult, especially seniors, are on multiple pharmaceutical medications, and these pharmaceutical medications, I mean, they have to be detoxified by our liver, kidneys, and our cells, and that's part of the reason why people end up getting a lot of adverse effects from pharmaceuticals, from one drug or multiple drugs, it just, it burdens their detoxification pathways. Now I won't get into all the biochemistry, but this has been studied. And uh, these important pathways, especially like in our liver cells, for example, they get burdened and people have detoxification problems. They have detoxification problems, then they get more brain fog, they get more fatigue, they get more pain and inflammation. They just feel, as patients often say, they just feel, I feel toxic. And so, in my opinion, doctors should be recommending foods high in glutathione and glutathione supplements for people that need to be on pharmaceutical medications long term. And can you eat enough glutathione? I mean, can I eat enough apples, strawberries, broccoli to really be effective or does it does it need supplementation? You know, when you look at those foods, they do contain actually very small amounts. So if you're the kind of person who's got a chronic disease, maybe you're on medications long term, in my opinion, yeah, you probably really do need to supplement it to get, you know, the therapeutic amounts to really help protect you and help you. And is that one, is this one a do-it-yourself or same thing? I need to go to a uh, professional to prescribe and, and monitor. Yeah, in my opinion, glutathione is so safe. Um, it's very safe to take as an over-the-counter dietary supplement. And, my, and you know, of course, always check with your doctor, but it's not one of the supplements I'm concerned about people taking on their own because it's just a na- natural part of the body, metabolic, detoxification processes. Studies show it's extremely safe to take as a supplement. Um, there's, you know, no really known toxicity with it. So I think it's, it's safe for people to use on their own. And I think it's becoming a lot more popular as a dietary supplement. And I think you said that there's a specific form that they need to take if they're going to do it orally. Yeah, well, sometimes you'll hear from some doctors who aren't aware of one of modern studies off. They'll say, well, no use taking glutathione as a supplement. It gets inactivated or destroyed by your stomach acid. And that is true if you look at literature maybe about seven years ago. But since then, there are glutathione products designed which survive the stomach acid, uh, like one form called Cetria, carried by many different brands, and I have no you know, financial association with it. That has been shown in, in human studies to improve blood and saliva levels very effectively. So we do know it can work and does work. And there's other ways you can take glutathione too. There's what we call transdermal in creams that can absorb through the skin. There's liposomal, we can take it orally too, where it's made in small particles, easy to absorb. And then the, the other ways we use it in the clinic for people who need a lot more support, like for like we talked about, when my patients come in, they finish their chemotherapy or radiation, we will also give them intravenous glutathione or we'll inject it intramuscularly just to get high levels quickly to help the patient uh, feel better. Um, or like people that have surgery, people have surgery, look, I mean, the anesthetics and stuff are really a toxin to the body too in some way to the nervous system. So we'll use glutathione orally or intravenously as well after a surgery just to help the people detoxify from anesthetic, which there's emerging research now that even anesthetics for for surgeries um, can cause some neurological problems like memory and so forth. Yeah, no, it's, it took me a while to get over it. I had surgery years ago and it took me a while to get over it. Um, you had mentioned a couple of people, a couple of types of jobs in particular. Again, 
we're also exposed to um, environmental toxins. But in particular, you mentioned to me people that work at hair salons, mechanics, um, probably you know um, the bug pe- people that are exposed in their jobs to um, chemicals on a daily basis should in particular think about this. Is that correct? Absolutely. That's a very good point. Yes, you're in the kind of workplace where you have, you're exposed to these environmental toxins. Um, glutathione is something you should really consider supplementing and increasing your diet as well because, again, it's your master antioxidant, protecting your cell DNA from damage, helping to get these chemicals out. Obviously, you should try and protect yourself as best you can, but I run into patients all the time who work in hair slums and stuff, and they're, they're not being protected from these chemicals. So the next best thing I tell them is to use things like glutathione and other supplements like milk thistle and vitamin C and these types of things to protect them as, as best we can. Gotcha. So can somebody use more than one of these um, techniques at a time? Can I take glutathione and uh, use ozone and go to the sauna? Can I use any two of the uh, above? Oh, absolutely. Matter of fact, with most of our patients, they are, they are doing more than one thing. I, yes, not only can they, but it's a good idea to do it if they can. They'll just get better effects. And that's in particular if they've got a specific thing they're overcoming. On a regular basis, they can do it, but they just don't need to do it quite as intensely. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it depends how a person's health is. So the worse a person's health is, the more kind of intense they'll need a protocol for a period of time to help them recover more quickly. If you're in generally good health, then you just do, do these things preventatively, which is the wisest thing. I mean, I have an integrated medical practice, and still the vast majority, 95% of people plus, still come into me because they have, you know, health problems. I only need a small percent of people come in, they say, hey, Mark, I want to prevent problems down the road. I want to do some testing. I want to work my diet, my detoxification, so I don't have health problems down the road. I mean, obviously, that's the best way to take care of your health. It's the best way to practice medicine. But in America, um, you know, unfortunately, it's just not the mindset yet. Now, somehow they don't worry about their heart until they're sitting in the emergency room all hooked up to that EKG. (laughs) All right. right. Dr. Mark Stangler, as always, you are a fountain of knowledge. So I appreciate it very much. Your website, markstangler.com. And um, thank you very much for all of your wisdom. Oh, thank you for having me on your show. I'm talking to Dr. Mark Stangler about the healthful and unhealthful ways to remove toxins from our bodies. Dr. Stangler is one of the most highly respected integrative doctors in America with a practice that specializes in treating complex medical conditions that are not easily solved with drugs or surgery. Instead, he harnesses the body's ability to heal itself with the use of natural products and procedures. He's written about his natural healing secrets in over 30 books, including Natural Physicians Healing Therapies. In Natural Physicians Healing Therapies, Dr. Stengler shares 160 effective, proven natural remedies that can be used safely at home to treat chronic conditions like arthritis, eczema, or insomnia. He shows how to reduce the unpleasant effects of chemotherapy and which supplements can help manage blood sugar and blood pressure. Dr. Stengler's quick cure finder in the book helps you cross-reference hundreds of illnesses and common conditions to the right healing therapy. All of his advice is research-based, which is why Natural Physicians Healing Therapies is one of the most trusted books on natural healing today. Bottom Line has been helping people lead more informed and vibrant lives for over 40 years thanks to the input from top experts like Dr. Stengler. You can order Dr. Stengler's Prescription for Natural Cures from the Bottom Line Wellness Store today and receive a free bonus book, 
plus 25% off of your entire purchase. Just go to bottomlinestore.com forward slash Stangler and use promo code Stangler20. That's bottomlinestore.com forward slash Stangler and use promo code Stangler20.